Hello, my name's Alex Bellinger and this is Small Biz Pod on Thursday the 27th of July. Coming up in today's show, I've got a great interview with David Tebbett, who is a journalist who's written for the National Press and edited uh, technology magazines, and he's also a blogger. And we'll be talking about how best to handle the media um, and how to get good stories out there so that uh, they get covered. And in addition to that, I've got the usual roundup of uh, comments from listeners. A lot to pack in today, so I will get straight on with it. So to begin with, a big thank you for all of the, the latest guys to make themselves known on the Small Biz Pod Frapper map, uh, including Rob Prowse, who's uh, in Canada, and I guess the husband of uh, Juliet Prowse, who you'll remember from a previous show. Uh, also, big thanks to uh, Ramanujam Thodor, who is in Texas. Uh, Mark Hammersley uh, from near Oxford. Uh, big Steve, who says, I'm an accountant at a startup consultancy business and have found your podcast very relevant to the issues concerning small operations such as ourselves, and particularly your recent broadcast on angel finance and bootstrapping. And uh, Big Steve, he's from Tenterden, which is not a million miles away from where I live. So uh, thanks for listening, Big Steve. Um, also from Ron Sesek, uh, possibly meaningful coincidence that he's put his second pin in the map. Um, Rolf Binder from Adelaide in Australia. And Carl from Melbourne in Australia. So good Australian listener contingent building. So thank you guys very much for making yourselves known and now on to some comments from uh, listeners who left a comment on the comment section of the small biz pod blog at www.smallbizpod.co.uk uh, fraser edwards who runs the affiliate blog and also does um, a podcast on affiliate marketing which i have now listened to and i would highly recommend it's actually a really interesting listen whether you're a, a novice to affiliate marketing or uh, indeed a, a bit of an expert and uh, Fraser leaves a, a message to say another great podcast and really good interview with Steve Layton so thanks Carl for that um, it's so true that you need to be passionate about your business to succeed and hearing about someone like that is an inspiration to make sure we are the same uh, Good point, Fraser. Glad the show's continuing to inspire. Um, and again, thanks, Carl Barton, who, who did that interview for, for sorting it out. And then I had a, another uh, comment from on uh, notes to a much earlier show, show number seven, in fact, um, from Steve Purcell, who uh, is looking for he says i'm interested in starting a business selling ebooks on the net but don't know where to begin even with the most basic tasks can you help me with any info to get started um yeah i, I take a do a do a google search i know it sounds very simple but um you will find plenty of resources um on people who are can help you set up um ebooks or selling the selling of ebooks. Um, a blog that I would highly recommend is um, Yarrow Starak's Entrepreneur's Journey at entrepreneursjourney.com. He has some very interesting uh, posts on a whole range of internet based business marketing advice. So I'll put a link in the show notes and Steve, I'd head on over there as a first port of call. And then um, 
as for comments from listeners by email, Ollie Banks from Velocity Bars uh, writes, I've recently found your podcast and I'm gradually going through your back catalogue. I'm really enjoying them and will be passing your site details over to a few friends of mine. My favourite show so far has been Richard Denny on Selling, show number six. Keep up the good work. It's definitely appreciated. I also liked your tutorial and, and screencast on how to podcast and am considering developing a show for my own business. Thanks for the inspiration. Uh, so thanks a lot that, for that, Ollie. Um, looking forward to hearing your own podcast once it uh, gets underway. And uh, good luck. And then I had also a message, an email from Mike Lawton, who says, I've just come across your site and I've been very impressed with the content and quality of the podcast. I'm a chartered accountant and would like to contribute, but not being particularly articulate i'm not sure how this could be achieved uh, I, I sometimes i'm not very particularly uh, as you can tell articulate but that hasn't stopped me so uh well you know if you want to try interviewing somebody uh, if you want to, to to fire me through an audio comment or just maybe some ideas for subject matter for the show that's a great way to contribute so uh, i hope that sparks uh, a few thoughts for you mike and then finally, in terms of comments, um, another comment from Australia, Mark Mitchell um, and his partner, wife, I think, say, just had to get on to the email and congratulate you on such a fantastic show. I've downloaded every episode and I'm slowly making my way through them. I especially like how I can listen to them on the drive to and from work every day on my MP3 player. Uh, your show has been able to refresh my business outlook while giving very practical advice with expert views and opinions. It's always helpful to be able to get someone else's perspective. Keep up the good work as I'm eager to continue learning from these great shows. Okay, um, that's about it for comments. Remember, you can comment uh, by sending me an email at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. You can leave a comment on the blog or you can leave an audio comment just by dialing my Skype number or by telephoning the number that's uh, out there on the contacts page of the blog, as Mike O'Hara has done. Hi, Alex. This is Mike O'Hara from PodcastWise on pod podcastwise.com. Um, just thought I'd take you up on your dare to leave a uh, an audio message. Never like to pass a dare like that uh, by. So, uh, so here we are. Um, just wanted to call to say that uh, I think you've got a really good show there. Some very useful information uh, in the show, and uh, I enjoy listening to it. And uh, you're also quite local to me because you're in Tunbridge Wells, and I'm in Tunbridge in uh, in the UK. So I think we'll have to meet up and uh, and have a pint together one of these days. Um, also, just wanted to let your listeners show about a new podcast that we're producing. It's the uh, the Cold Calling podcast. Uh, it's all about how to, uh, to to get better results when you're uh, you know if you're in sales, uh, marketing, and so on, and you uh, you do any kind of cold calling, telephone prospecting for new business. Then we've got some uh, some really good advice uh, in in this podcast, which is at uh, coldcallingpodcast.com. Uh, also, I want to say I like the uh, I like the bits of music that you play at the end of your shows. Uh, I always uh, always like listening to that. So uh, you always seem to have a good choice there. Uh, anyway, that's uh, about all I've got to say for now. Uh, good show. Keep it up, and uh, speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Well, thanks a lot for that, Mike. Uh, I did mention you in the last show, but uh, I hadn't noticed that you'd left this uh, this message. So apologies for the slight delay in getting in, but there it goes. And thank you very much for the feedback. And, yeah, we should definitely meet up for that pint sometime soon. Now, straight on to an interview with David Tebbett on how to handle the media. 
Okay, well, I actually had um, a request from a listener that has come in just today, um, wanting to know a little bit about um, how uh, small businesses and startups should deal with the media, either sort of proactively to get um, a, a positive story about a business or a product or a service out there, or indeed reactively if there's something uh, going wrong um, and you find yourself at the receiving end of... Uh, uh, the gentlemen and women of the press. Now, um, so by chance, I happen to have lined up um, David Tebbit for today's um, podcast. Now, David has written for a long while um, on uh, technology and uh, other issues. Um, he's written for the FT, The Guardian, uh, Director Magazine, um, and indeed was editor uh, of uh, Personal Computer World for, for some while, I think. That's right, isn't it, David? Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. Okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> a quarter of a century. Right. Well, uh, David is probably one of the most experienced, experienced journalists um, around um, and has sort of been there and done that. But he's also, he's also um, uh, kind of a uh, developer. Was that, would that be right? Yeah, in your in, your in your spare time and and previous I, I, career, I lead and the programmer follows these days. <laughs> okay, so you're the you're the, the conceptual uh, genius behind um, a product called Brainstorm. But they're um, your words. <laughs> I was going to say they're your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, fine. So uh, yeah, well, David. Anyway, uh, we've kind of introduced you, but uh, thanks very much for for coming on Small Biz Pod today. Okay. In my experience, one of the hardest things for, for, for businesses or startups to do is to actually evaluate, uh, is firstly to evaluate what is actually going to be an interesting story for uh, the media. Um, and then secondly, uh, if they do identify something that is potentially newsworthy or, or of interest to a writer, whether that's on a national press or in the trade press, um, how do they then express it um, formulate that idea or that story in the best w way to give them the best chance of getting um, the coverage they they'd like. So maybe we could kick off by yeah by asking, okay. you know, how do you how do you work out what's good and newsworthy and a potential story for your business? Well, the first thing is uh, what have you got that's different? If it's not different, and and that could be different to your past, it could be different to other people in the industry. It could be different to anything the world's ever seen before. But if there isn't a difference, then journalists are not going to be interested. And that's it. It's as bald as that. But, I mean, you could come out with a new football, which is made of some new synthetic material that never punctures, never goes soft in the yeah. heat. And uh, nobody's done it before. So get out there. And mm. the next thing to do is to figure out, well, who the hell's going to be interested in this? And then you, you, you figure out who your audience is. So maybe it's sports clubs, you know, if you want to get a bit of volume to start off with or, um, yeah. you know, retail shops or whatever. So you figure out who's your primary audience. The next thing to do is, is, is figure out what do they read? Well, give, given that you're yeah. in the same business, you will know what they read because it's probably what you yeah. read. So yeah. then you think, right, so these, the, and these are the people the journalist represents. You've almost got to f forget that you're talking to a journalist. You're talking to the readers, okay? Now, if you talk to the readers, then 
any journalist that represents that particular group of readers is going to respond. Okay, so they've got their difference. Yep. They've got somebody who presumably is enthusiastic about what they're doing. We'll take that for, we'll take yep. that for granted. Um, they've yeah. already thought about the needs of the audience. I mean, this is not unlike selling. The, yeah. the big difference between this and selling is, and this is how, how you express it to a journalist, which was the second part of your question. Mm. If, you, if you imagine telling a joke backwards... Start with a start with a punchline, okay? The punchline is: we got a ball here that will never go soft. Doesn't matter what you do to it. Good grief! Um, How does that work? What material is it? Do you see what I mean? The the questions will flow, but unless you hook them in that in that first ten seconds with 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 this difference, and I'm saying the first ten seconds. This is after you've got to know each other. You say hello. You know, I am so and so representing this. I understand that your readers are that. Can we talk? Yeah. Kind of thing. And then you you hit them with 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 your value proposition, really. And 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 mm. then you either have a conversation or they tell you to bugger off. <laughs> yes. Now okay. you got to bear in mind, journalists need stories. So as long as yeah. you've got something there to tell them, that they're going to follow. So is news always new? As it were? new I mean, it's new, kind of a sort of new, self-defining word, right, isn't it? Absolutely right. I mean, that is the the origin of news. I mean, if you if you if you want yeah. to know how the press kind of structures itself, normally you've got news, which is if you if you publish a newspaper and you print stuff that people have seen before, it's not a newspaper. Okay, so as you say, the word mm. defines itself. So you got your news, then you get your news analysts. So these are people who trail along behind the news a little bit, and they analyse it, and they put it yeah. in a broader context. You've got your columnists, who obviously have got opinions, and bloggers, by and large, fit into that same category. Um, you yeah. probably mentioned in other podcasts about bloggers and how you can kind of get viral word of, word of mouth yeah, yeah. going. I'm sticking with journalists here. Then you've got your feature writers, yeah. who, who trail even further behind normally, and, and, and they do the much deeper, broader looks at the market. So there's lots of ways in which you can hook journalists. But I have to say, if it works for news, it will work for any journalist. Okay? Yeah. Now, I mean, in terms of actually approaching a journalist, I mean, there are some people who say, well, we'll just bash out a load of press releases, email them all <laughs> out, you know, select loads, select loads and loads of, loads of journalists, and sooner or later the mud will stick, won't, won't it? Now, I mean, it, uh, that in some cases now, uh, um, and without meaning to be uh, to, to 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 be rude about anyone in your profession, in some cases, um, I have known that to work, but it's not not a particular okay. tactic that I personally would recommend. What's your view about about how is the best way to get a story to a journalist? If you can reach them by phone or email. Um, but it's got to be at a personal level. I mean, a mass, a mass email yeah. isn't going to work. Um, a phone call quite often will work if you, if you can get to the person that you want to talk to. A lot of them are surprisingly open. Um, yeah. I mean, as a journalist, I can tell you that, well, Martin, he's, uh, you don't know about this maybe, but Martin and I run some media skills training courses. Yeah. And, um, for the, for the purpose of research, we, we, we watched what we did with press releases for three months. And 90% went in the bin at the first glance. 
and of the remainder, yeah. 94% went in the bin at the second glance. F- first glance is yeah. headline, second glance is first se- sentence. So, I mean, and, and it's even worse with email. So that is the gauntlet yeah. you run with, with any kind of mass approach to journalists. They know they're part of a mass, apart, apart from anything yeah, else. Yeah, so yeah. if you, you yeah, can absolutely. tailor and personalize and say, boy, have I got a story for your readers... Um, it's yeah. actually going to change their lives. It's actually going to save them a ton of dough. I mean, obviously, a benefit would be nice. Um, another thing that would be nice would be bad news. Now, this sounds stupid. You know, you can't phone up a journalist and say, hey, I got some really <laughs> bad news about my company. But, um, yeah. you know, these these new balls, and I, by the way, I just invented that while we were talking to each other. These, the, these, these <laughs> new footballs um, are, are actually yeah. going to put the... Um, the, the the leather ball makers out of business or okay maybe that yeah, maybe that's no, going I, a bit too far yeah. but a little bit of bad news for somebody i think um i personally and i mean I, and as as most listeners know, listeners know um i'm my my background is in pr and, and and this is a personal thing and as as much as i know that journalists love bad news um i would tend to um to let them deduce where the bad news lies or who that's, it lies for as it were rather than slagging off oh, a absolutely i think that's good advice I, yeah. I, I, the, the, <laughs> the 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 classic that springs to mind is that um a french company um wrote to me once and, and they said that um they'd won this business against stiff competition and that was it and yeah. uh I mean, there, there was the, the underdogness of it, which which will appeal to some of your readers, uh, some of your listeners, rather. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, journalists do like the underdog. And there was this little French company that was you know, going on the world stage, and it, it had actually knocked over an exceedingly major and well-known company. But they didn't, they didn't tell yeah. me. They just said, we won against yeah. stiff competition. Of course, the journalist says, so um, who was the stiff competition? And they say, well... You know, if you go on to Hoover's and you look at the top three players in this space, um, you, you can yeah. probably figure it out for yourself. And, of course, journalist yeah. goes off. Who yeah. was the client? Uh, what were they using before? Story. Yeah. yeah. So a little yeah, bit yeah, of guidance absolutely. there might yeah. be best, as you suggest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that, that, that's, that works. That, that, that can work very well. In terms of just um, uh, formulating... A, you know that 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 little mantra about your product or that little that hook that's that's going to capture the imagination um in in writing i mean i often i often suggest that if you can't tell the story of your product in say 42 words then that's really all mm. you've got well <laughs> and then anything after that is it's not exactly superfluous mm. if the journalist decides to take the story yeah. forward, but I mean, but in essence, um, you hardly need more Absolutely. than that. And then, if a journalist is interested, they will contact you mm. or, um, or 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 seek more detail. Does that I can, sound? I completely reasonable? agree with you. Um, the only respect in which I differ is that I say ten words or less. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, I better. I better. No, 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 no. This is skills. this is this. No, the, 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 I think you'll find that we're going to agree. But what 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 we say is that what you need to do is you need to have five messages at all times, and and you keep them refreshed. Now nobody's going to remember five times forty-two, which is two hundred and God knows what. Mm, um, mm. But if they've got five messages 
um, you know, our balls never die. Or yeah. <laughs> our balls never it's die. Good, that's yeah, that's four words, okay? That's, You're that's never good. ever going to say that to a journalist. But if you've got that in your head, you know that that is one of your major messages, yeah. that you want yeah. to talk about that. Yeah. Um, the average sports club will save £500 a quarter. Yeah. Um, yeah. That might be message number two. The average sports club will save £500 a quarter. That happens to be ten words. Again, <laughs> I'm doing it on the fly. You're obviously, yeah, you're obviously uh, <laughs> you're hardwired to talk I'm, in ten-word sentences. I'm, I'm, I'm totally hardwired. And, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and then so what you do, you, meet, you, you, you get yourself in front of the journalist or on the phone or whatever. On the phone is much more common these days. Yeah. And uh, you say, so uh, who do you see as your typical reader? And they tell you, and they say sports clubs. And you go, ha-ha, have I got a message for them? And off you go. You think, yeah. how am I going to dress this up so it's going to suit these people? And they say, well, all sports clubs have got budget problems. There's always new equipment that they prefer to spend it on. Now, with these new sports balls, they can save themselves enough money to buy themselves a trampoline or whatever yeah. it, you know and you, you yeah, yeah. it's the same message you make it 42 words and you focus it to the needs of the reader and yeah. that's how you go from your 10 words to your 42 so i absolutely agree with you okay sometimes um chasing a journalist in reminding them encouraging them chivying them irritating them does end up producing a story does it how, how because <laughs> there's a sometimes you can you can wing something out there um and apparently receive a a a, a reasonable response but then if you just let it lie um sometimes you may not in my opinion um give the journalist the best opportunity to write the story What's your view on that? Because this is where we come into a bit of a PR versus journalist oh, sure. uh, angle here, yeah. and it's interesting to interesting to hear your views on that. I just wish I had my email on at the moment because somebody sent me some information a few weeks ago, and I said I'd look at it. And yeah. they've been hounding me daily until yesterday. I said, for God's sake, leave me alone. You're irritating the hell out of me. Yeah. And they wrote back, and they said, oh, sorry, just trying to do my job. Mm. And uh, but that kind of isn't really that, their that job, is it? Irritating mm, journalists? No, absolutely not. Mm. You know, there's a balance. I think, I think you've got to look at your types of journalists. And if your listeners don't know, they really need to find out about news writers, feature writers, yeah. news analysts, and, and, and columnists because you know they are different cultures. And you know, if they want to write to me they can do that i'm david at tebo.com that's t-e-b-b-o yeah and you know i'll be happy to help them you know within reason yeah yeah um so i think if you've got a feature and the reason for mentioning this is because a feature writer is going to be more tolerant no question about it a, yeah. a, a columnist is going to be more tolerant a news writer is not going to be tolerant in the remotest no you know if they don't bite then they haven't bitten. And, and the yeah. story, of course, once it's appeared somewhere else, is of no interest to news journalists. But yeah, it is still true. probably of interest to, to the other kinds of journalists, especially if their magazine missed out on a big story. I yeah. mean, this, this is a classic. Um, magazine A 
misses out on the story. Magazine B writes it, so Magazine A then gets the news analyst, analyst on it and says, you know, find out what those other guys got wrong in their story and put it right in your news analysis and we'll look better. And we, you know, yeah. we can yeah. say in reports published elsewhere, they said this, but actually these are the facts. So yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. get a sec- you can get a, a, a second bite of the cherry. I think from the point of view of where to hit in the first place, you you've got to um, list and prioritise um, your target yeah. press, and I yeah. think that's more your area than mine. In- yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think also really. Um, there's a temptation to, you know, look at a list and think, oh, all of these publications cover, mm, cover my sector doesn't matter. and not actually read any of them. I think on this subject, something that your listeners need to bear in mind is that in, in any industry, there are going to be papers which are uh, good editorially and papers which just simply reprint the press releases. Yeah. And... Uh, the first lot are sharp and they've got real journalists and such like and the other lot they're just copy and pasting and getting as many ads as they possibly can and, and quite often they'll say to you um, look if you if you place an ad we'll write something about you yeah well that is hopeless really i think if anybody says that to you you got to say to yourself well why the hell am i um bothering because they're exactly the sort of papers that you wouldn't read mm-hmm. and if you wouldn't mm-hmm. read them then your, your your own potential customers aren't going to read yeah. them. So <clears throat> you ex- exercise a bit of judgment of your own in this area. Yeah. What about when the uh, shit hits the fan? Then, as it were. Can I can I make some uh, an additional suggestion, yeah. which will actually lead into the answer to your question? Mm. And and the additional suggestion is that for each message that you think of you'd better pretty sharpish to think of some evidence and some proof points because if you can't do it, if yeah. you say, oh, we've just won a major account, who's that? Can't tell you. What's yeah. it worth? Can't yeah. tell you. Yeah. Well, excuse me, is this really a message? So unless you can actually support your message with, with evidence, then you're going to die. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and and if you do that, then you're in a much, much stronger position anyway when you talk to the journalist. And the chance of it hitting the fan because you've not communicated your story properly is is greatly reduced. Yeah. So having said that, yeah, things will go wrong. And quite often through no fault of your own. You know, you may may have gone out, done a perfect interview. Journalist has phoned up, I don't know, a competitor or a customer or, you know, whatever. Yeah got a funny old angle um not come back to you because they don't want to be sort of embarrassed into um not writing it i mean i'm, I'm talking about an extreme journalist a normal yeah. journalist would come back to you yeah, yeah um so then they publish this thing and and it's one customer who you know put the ball behind the radiator or something and it went <laughs> soft do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah and then it's front page news indestructible ball and there's a photo of this limp thing hanging there yeah, yeah, you think yeah. oh my god and um yeah that's the sort of situation that has to be dealt with now i i think first of all you have to think about the justness of the uh, of of the story is it is it just is it unjust yeah Okay, if it's just, well, you're best going out there and saying, okay, it's a fair cop. If you put balls behind radiators, they do go soft. So maybe, you know, we ought to 
put a couple of caveats on, like if you set fire to them, they'll go soft <laughs> and such like. Yeah. 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 And, and, and just go back and say, okay, it's a fair cop, but, and, yeah. and, and hope that you can get a follow-up. Um, so, okay, if it's unjust, you might want to go out there and say, look, I think it's jolly unjust, and these are the reasons why, and can't you just kind of do some kind of follow-up story and... Um, you yeah, know, let's let's see if we can balance things. And quite often the journalist will say, "Oh, bugger off!" You know, I don't want to write about you again. I've already written about you once. Then you can go to a competitor, and you can say to the competing paper, "You see what those people wrote the other day? My God! Mm. Well, there's so much competition. The chance of getting one up on on a competitor is almost irresistible." Yeah. So you know that may be a way of getting yourself. Um, writing a wrong some more, some more coverage yeah. writing a wrong and then of course you've also got the blogosphere but yeah. by God, you better not have something to hide because no, no. If, you've got, if you've got something to hide you're best just keeping quiet yeah now I, I for my sins as, um, as, as I'm sure most people know um, did um, PR for um, several of the major high street banks and, and retail banking and of course everybody hates banks and there are so many there are so many um negative stories about various product and service failings that um, I got quite used to, to handling. Um, angry journalists, um, and sometimes they were right to be angry over a particular way a particular bank behaved, and sometimes they weren't. But one thing, and you've already said it, David, that is, is absolutely crucial is that if you make a mistake, put your hands up, and if it's concerning one of your customers, or even even if it isn't one of your customers, um, but just somebody uh, associated with one of your products or, or, or a bystander or whatever, just put your hands up and try and put it right. Sometimes journalists pretend to be angry. It uh, might yes. be it might be worth your readers knowing, or your listeners. I'm sorry, I've done it again. No problem. Um, your your listeners knowing about this that we we quite deliberately set out to stir the emotions um on the grounds that we always get a better story when people are wound up yeah um yeah. now if you're starting out it's probably not going to happen it, it's much more likely to happen with the head of british airways or somebody like this you know somebody who's renowned for their calm and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do anything to destabilize them. So if you feel any emotion when you're with a journalist, whether it's anger, whether it's fear, whether it's inadequacy, whether it's love, <laughs> I mean, a journalist may make you like them so much that you'll spill the beans. Yeah, that's a, that's a terrible thing. I wish I'd come across that type of journalist. <laughs> oh, I, I, I promise you, I've done that many times. Oh, yeah, um, right. You know, just say, oh, God, your job must be so difficult, you know. Yeah, and yeah. the next thing you know, they're spilling the beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it is important to be aware um, that there is really um, no such thing as off the record. Correct. Um, so just as a rule of thumb, um, I mean, it's something that PRs use and that, that perhaps um, if you've got a, a bit, you know, a... a a strong working relationship with a particular journalist you know you can go onto kind of background briefings um, mm -hmm. and, and off the record topics but uh, as a safe rule of thumb for uh, any startups or businesses out there anything mm -hmm. you say is on the record so um, just yeah. just keep keep that in mind and and don't say yes if they put words in your mouth don't say yes mm. think do I really agree with this yeah. And if you don't, say, no, they're your words, not mine. What I would say is, and then you yeah. move to what you'd rather say. 
Yeah. And the other dangerous one is no comment. Do you still beat your wife, Alex? <laughs> If yes. you said no, if you oh, said, no. ah, well, That's there the you go. Answer. There's a news story for you. <laughs> I think you better slip in a no <laughs> comment there. Absolutely. <laughs> but, I mean, no comment is exactly the same as yes, and that's yeah, the point. So, so many people think it's clever, but it's not. Good advice there from David to conclude. So thanks very much, David, for that. And uh, I hope you all find that useful in your dealings with the media, whether you're trying to get a good story out there or defend a bad one. Um, not a lot of time, so straight on to some music and the soon-to-be-gone Electromancer.com, which I'm very sad about. Um, I'm still plugging their tunes until they shut down. And uh, this is one called Long Way Home, and it's by Ego Bomber. <laughs> 